Let's get started. Welcome to our 43rd class. So we will review question 42 together, and then we'll learn question 43 together. But first, let's begin with prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this Easter Sunday, this day that we set aside once a year to give special attention to the resurrection of your son Jesus. I thank you for this class and these people. We pray that you would take these realities, these truths that we think about and are trying to learn and plant them deep in our hearts so that we would grow in grace and grow in our faith, that our love for you, that our belief in you would be strengthened. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Greg, for taking class last week. You found the gum, so that was the most important thing. <laughs> okay, let's just get right to question 42, because we moved from prayer now to God's Word. So here's question 42. I'll read the question, and then let's say the answer together. How is the Word of God to be read and heard? Here's the answer, with diligence, preparation, and prayer, so that we may accept it with faith, store it in our hearts, and practice it in our lives. Okay, has anybody memorized this? Okay, Sam, how is the Word of God to be read and heard? Okay, let's say it one more time together. How is the word of God to be read and heard with diligence, preparation, and prayer so that we may accept it with faith, store it in our hearts, and practice it in our lives? That brings us to question 43. Question 43 asks, what are the sacraments or ordinances? There are two of them. And here's the answer. The big difference between the... Yeah. Let's say it together. The sacraments or ordinances given by God and instituted by Christ, namely baptism and the Lord's Supper, are visible signs and seals that we are bound together as a community of faith by His death and resurrection. By our use of them, the Holy Spirit more fully declares and seals the promises of the gospel to us. Let me read you two verses. The first one is in Romans 6, 4. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And then Luke 22, 19 through 20, this is the first Lord's Supper. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you 
is the new covenant in my blood. So baptism and the Lord's Supper, those are the two, we say, sacraments or ordinances. Ordinance, that just means that it is a commanded ceremony. This is a, these are ceremonies that are commanded by Christ. They are laws put in place by Christ. Sacrament, the word sacrament means a special ceremony. So ordinance gets to a commanded ceremony, and sacrament gets to a special ceremony. It's special in that these ceremonies are symbolic. They have, they have deeper meaning. They have deeper significance. Baptism and the Lord's Supper aren't just things that we do. They're things that we do that teach us something, that point to deeper realities. A sacrament is a thing through which God communicates to us His love and grace. So let me give you two definitions. And the following two catechism questions will deal with baptism more specifically and then the Lord's Supper more specifically. So this is just an overview here before it moves on. So let me give you a definition on baptism. Both of these are from an author, uh, Bobby Jameson, who's written a book on baptism and a book on the Lord's Supper. Here's what he says about baptism. Baptism is a church's act of affirming and portraying a believer's union with Christ by immersing him or her in water and a believer's act of publicly committing him or herself to Christ and his people, thereby uniting a believer to the church and marking off him or her from the world. So in baptism, it is shown that a person has been saved. It is shown that a person has been rescued from their sin. It has been showed that a person has been united to Jesus. And if you're united to Jesus, you're united to his people. Because Jesus and his people are inseparable. He's the head, the Bible says, and the church, his people, is his body. So to be united to his body is to be united to Jesus. To be united to Jesus is to be united to his body. So baptism shows that. It's a visible portrayal. It shows that someone has been united to Jesus and united to his people. Well, the Lord's Supper is communicating really the same reality. That someone has been united to Jesus and been united to his people. That they are united to Jesus. That they are united to his people. Here's his definition of the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is also a church's act of communing with Christ and each other. And of commemorating Christ's death by partaking of bread and wine. Remember, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And, it's a church's act, and a believer's act of receiving Christ's benefits and renewing his or her commitment to Christ and his people and marking it off from the world. So you see in both of those definitions. I like those definitions because he gets to, in baptism, 
the church is doing something and the individual believer is doing something. It's an individual thing and it's a corporate thing. Same is true with the Lord's Supper. The whole church is doing something and each believer is doing something. It's an individual thing between you and the Lord Jesus Christ and it's a corporate thing that we're doing together. And so you see that here, the way we practice baptism and in the way we practice the Lord's Supper. Where is baptism taking place? It's taking place when we are all gathered together. Where is communion or the Lord's Supper taking place? When we are gathered all together. Uh, we don't encourage, we discourage baptisms happening outside of our local church. That is people who are part of our local church. Uh, and we also would discourage the Lord's Supper being taken outside the context of us gathering together as a family. Because baptism and the Lord's Supper are these ordinances, they are these sacraments that are to be practiced when we are together. Because they're not just symbolic of individual blessings, but also corporately that we have been united to Jesus, but we've also been united to one another. And that's what's really being communicated here. We'll get more specific in the next two, the catechism will in the next two questions. Let me quote to you a couple things. First from Charles Simeon. He says this about baptism and the Lord's Supper. In their proper and appointed use, they cannot be too highly valued. But... If abused to purposes for which they were not given and looked to as containing in themselves and conveying of themselves salvation to man, they are desecrated. Remember, these are sacraments. They're things we do that are symbolic, that, have, that point to a deeper significance, a deeper reality. But you're not saved by baptism. You're not saved by the Lord's Supper. If we think that, he says, we're actually desecrating them. He goes on to say, we should, here's how we should operate, we should be thankful for them. We should be thankful for baptism, thankful for the Lord's Supper. We should honor them. We should look to God in them, and we should expect from God through them the communications of His grace and peace. Which is why we would say they are another means of grace. Through baptism and through the Lord's Supper, God is communicating His grace to us. He is giving His favor to us and His blessing to us. And then Timothy Keller, he's the other one quoted in the catechism. He says, here they're visible signs and seals. He said, we call them signs because they symbolize the blessings of salvation, forgiveness for sins, reception of the Holy Spirit, and the ability to commune with Jesus in his presence. So they're symbolic. They're signs of that. But they're also, he says, seals, which means that they actually bring these blessings to us. They assure us, right? They seal us up. They assure us and stir up our faith. And it is our faith that receives those blessings. And finally, here's a quote from J.I. Packer. J.I. Packer puts it like this. As the preaching of the word 
makes the gospel audible, so the sacraments make it visible. And I'll read that again. Think about that. Think about a worship service. As the preaching of the word makes the gospel audible, so the sacraments make it visible. And God, he uses all of that, God stirs up faith by both means. Sacraments, therefore, function as a means of grace on the principle that literally seeing leads to believing. So think about that. There is something dramatic every time we see a baptism. There is something dramatic that we are seeing portrayed. And weekly here, every time we not only take the Lord's Supper, but look around, because this isn't just an individual thing, it's a corporate thing, there's something that we're seeing. We're seeing a portrayal of something very, very significant. And God uses that, the preaching of His Word to reach our ears and the sacraments to, to reach our eyes, all of that to reach our heart, to stir up faith, to think about what it is that God has done for us. So, question 43. Let's say it one more time together. What are the sacraments or ordinances? The sacraments or ordinances given by God and instituted by Christ, namely baptism and the Lord's Supper, are visible signs and seals that we are bound together as a community of faith by His death and resurrection. By our use of them, the Holy Spirit more fully declares and seals the promises of the gospel to us. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for these words. Thank you for binding us to you and then also binding us together. And it is why we come together every week. It's why we want to and try to and often do come together throughout the week. It's why we sit and sing to stand and sing together. It's why we sit and stand and pray together. It's why we sit under the preaching of your word together. It's why we do baptism together. It's why every week we celebrate the Lord's Supper together because we are mindful that we have been bound to you and we have been bound to one another. Thank you, God, for bringing us into your family where you are our Father and we are brothers and sisters. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.